Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. Are you ready? Okay, here we go. You're listening to the Deal Room Podcast. Join us as we bring you the inside scoop on business sales and acquisitions. Get across trends in the area and hear the industry's best recount their real life tips, traps, and experiences. Now, here's your host, Joanna Oki. Hi, it's Joanna Oki here, and welcome back to the Deal Room Podcast. Today, we are talking about how an innovative approach to selling a business helped a seller sell his business in record time and $500,000 above expectations. And to talk about this topic, we have with us today, David Biddle of Brilliant Businesses, which is part of the Brilliant Group. David's got a very interesting history. We worked with him on his legals when he was selling his business, and now he's turned that experience of building a business and selling it into a career in helping others sell their business. Businesses. So welcome along, David. We're really excited to have you on today. Thanks, Joe. It's great to be with you. Great. So maybe we can start off by talking a little bit about your background because I, I think that's a really interesting story about the concept of moving from, you know, actually building a business, selling it, and now working in that space to help other business owners who are selling. Cool. Yeah. Well, I've had a variety of different uh, careers and businesses over the years. My background's actually in photography, film and television. That's what I studied when I was back at uni in the UK. Wow. I did not know that. There you go. <laughs> and Yeah. And then I used that as a stepping stone into the uh, events production industry. I used to work with a lot of corporates throughout Europe, staging product launches, conferences, roadshows, business seminars. Uh, so it was sort of live events marketing. Mm-hmm. long before the days of the internet. So it was very, uh, very sort of traditional marketing. Um, did that for a number of years before deciding to make the big leap across the other side of the world with my family and have a lifestyle change and ended up in Australia with a, uh, a boating business. Wow. Okay. And, and how many years ago was that that you started in the boating business? I came to Australia in uh, 2004, uh-huh. and by chance, uh, sailing's always been been a passion of mine. I've been involved in boating since uh, a very young age, and an opportunity came up to uh, to purchase a yacht charter company that also had a, um, a just started up a syndicate boat business uh, on the beautiful waters of Pitwater at Bayview. Wow! So um, I uh, I secured myself that business, and over the next nine years put a lot of hard work into into building that up and uh, enjoying a, a beautiful lifestyle type operation it was a it was fantastic it does sound like the dream david it does sound like the dream <laughs> yeah no it was very good i was certainly the envy of uh, envy of a lot of colleagues the fact that i could get to work in a pair of shorts and a t-shirt and, and mess about <laughs> on the water and teaching people to sail and uh, <laughs> introducing people to that amazing pastime yeah and so then the day came at some stage where you thought okay now's the time to sell so what was that process like for you tell us you you know what process you went through to get yourself ready for sale? Yeah. So I'd run that business for nine years. I'd grown it to where I felt I'd sort of reached the potential of, of what I wanted to do. It was very well prepared for sale. It was in great shape. A lot of lot of good foundation work had been done to establish two separate parts of the business. As I say, there was a yacht charter company and a syndicate boat ownership part both of which had very good websites and booking systems. The websites punched way above their weight in terms of Google rankings. I was a a very early adopter of digital marketing and I'd um, use that to not only build the business, but also build the value in the business. So come 2015, I I decided it was time to sell. 
And I guess initially, I, I really thought there was only one way to, to sell a business. I needed to find myself a business broker and put it on the market. Hope to goodness that somebody somebody wanted it. Mm. So I, I did exactly that. I went out looking for a business broker, started, surprisingly enough, with an internet search, shortlisted a number of business brokers who seemed to have an offering that um, that could potentially suit what I needed and started interviewing them. Very quickly, I realized that it was a, it was a, I guess, a, a business to them that was a bit unique. Yes. It, it was out of the ordinary. And I think they knew they were going to potentially struggle to sell it. They didn't have active databases of people looking to buy boating businesses. Mm. You know, they had people selling a cafe or a accountancy practice or a legal practice. Then, yes, they had lots of active buyers, but this certainly potentially posed a challenge to them. Yeah, absolutely. I, I can understand why that would be the case. And so what did you do then? Well, so so the conversation went along the lines of, you know, I really think we might struggle to sell this. You've got to prepare yourself for potentially up to a year of it being on the market. Wow. They gave me a valuation that I wasn't particularly happy with. And then to sort of rub salt in the wound a bit further, it was, oh, by the way, this is going to cost between 8 and 10% in the commission if we do manage to sell it as well. Yeah, right. <laughs> so um, there was a bit of head scratching and I turned back to digital marketing. That was the solution. I went back to uh, Deb Jeffries, who I've been working with since the, uh, I, was, I was actually her first client when she set up her digital marketing business back in 2009. And her work had been instrumental in me growing smart boating. So mm. Deb and I sat down and had a bit of a brainstorm and we thought, you know what, I reckon we could build a website here for the sole purpose of selling the business and then go out and actively market that to people who we identified as you know potentially being interested and uh, yeah we decided to to go it alone and have a go at selling it ourselves so uh, so let's just rehash there so obviously you have a business that perhaps has a limited pool of buyers or maybe buyers that aren't sitting around on brokers lists looking for this type of business because it's it's a bit different you then decided what you would do is set up a website for the business sale itself. Is that right? Is, is that what you're saying? Correct. This is completely separate from the day-to-day -day trading websites that we were running. This is a mm. website that was built for the sole purpose of selling the business and, and its longevity was purely limited to the length of time the business was on the market and then gets taken down and um, it's it served its purpose. So this is a, a, a very new and innovative approach. Mm. The results of doing that, you know, to cut cut a long story short, well, I've cut a, cut a short story even shorter, I should say, <laughs> was that um, I actually managed to sell the business in three months for double the initial valuation that wow. I had. And what was particularly important to me was that I sold it to two guys who were ideally suited to take on the business. Mm. So that meant I left it in the hands of a couple of really enthusiastic, passionate boating people who made sure that the that my team remained motivated and, you know, stayed there as part of the business. And more importantly, all the customers that were there, you know, they were they were delighted with the person who took on the business. And for them, it was, it was business as usual. So that was really important to have an ideal buyer sourced as well. Well, it sounds like a good news story all round, really. And, and I guess one of the questions that I can just hear our listeners thinking about at the moment as they listen to this is, how is it that you drove traffic to the website because we all know it's not enough just to have a website. We need eyeballs on our website as well. So what was that strategy there? Yeah, so it was a, it was a very proactive digital 
digital marketing strategy. So rather than, than, you know, I guess a typical business listing website will list a business and then really you're waiting for a buyer to come along, trawl through all the listings and hopefully find uh, an opportunity, ideally yours, that interests them. What we do is we identify people who might potentially be interested in, in buying the business. So using my boating business as an example, you know, we'd think, okay, people are members of yacht clubs, people who own a boat, people who follow certain brands, people who maybe follow Hamilton Island Race Week or the Sydney to Hobart Yacht Race, you know, potentially live in a certain geographical area of Bayview where the business was operated from, probably have a certain income. We, we brainstorm a whole heap of parameters that give us an ideal target market. And then we have a series of teaser ads that pop up in Facebook feeds and the, and the Google uh, browsing data for those potential target buyers. Mm-hmm. And what you're doing there is something that accords with many discussions I've had recently, which is that important element of really getting into the head of who your buyers might be. So you can see your business from their perspective as well, I guess. Yeah, it's, it's really, like you say, it's knowing who your buyers are. It's knowing, it really comes down to marketing. It's presenting the right opportunity to the right people at the right time and on the right platform. And mm-hmm. I think traditionally, that's where brokers probably haven't done a good as good a job as as perhaps they should have been doing and now there's an opportunity to really lift the whole profile of businesses that are for sale and their marketing you know gone mm-hmm. are the days that when a single page a4 flyer or a couple of pictures on a business for sale website will cut it buyers are buyers are pretty savvy these days they need to know all the information and it needs to be presented in a in a way that ideally generates that emotional you know, excitement and intrigue, Mm. you know, well, what you really want is a buyer to see this opportunity be presented in such a way that they start to get all excited about it. Mm. And then um, they're going to come and ask the right questions and hopefully lead through to being uh, your ultimate buyer. Mm, Or at least give you a number of possible buyers to create a bit of competitive tension in the marketplace. That's always good. And, And again, with my business, I actually had three people that were all prepared to pay the, the same price. So I had the benefit of going through due diligence with, with one of the parties on, with the knowledge that should they pull through for any reason, there was another another two parties waiting in the wings. So yeah. that was a from a seller's perspective, that was just an awesome position to be in. Yeah. And so this sort of, this sounds to me as well, like it's it's a real opportunity. It's an opportunity for sellers. It's an opportunity for advisors in this space like brokers to think more broadly in terms of how they're actually sourcing potential buyers uh, in this market. And and you work now with brokers. I mean, indeed, you are a broker yourself, right? But you also work with brokers. Is that right? In assisting them in, in marketing businesses that they have on their books? Correct. So, sort of to continue continue my own story, having sold the boating business, uh, I then went into partnership with Deb at the Brilliant Group, and we actually set up alongside our core business, which is digital marketing and lead generation for uh, you know predominantly professional service firms. We set up Brilliant Businesses as a sister business to really do two things: one, to appeal directly to sellers who've built established businesses and now want to realise their full potential when they come to sell them. So yes, we target end-user business owners, but equally we realise that our expertise and experience is really in, in. Even though we can we can do the whole approach beginning end to end, our expertise is in the um, the marketing side of the business. So we're really keen to partner up with brokers 
who might be struggling with with certain listings in order to you know get the opportunity out to a, to a target market and what we can do is we can build the websites drive traffic to the website generates the lead generate the leads which are then fed to the brokers for doing buyer selection negotiation and ultimately through to closing a deal so w- we see that as a, a great partnership opportunity you know bringing out their negotiation and, and, and broking skills with our marketing skills and it's a, it's a win-win for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. It makes sense. It certainly makes sense. Um, and particularly, I'm, I mean, look, I can see that this approach could be relevant to almost any business really, but and certainly those businesses that are a little bit different, you know, that might have potential buyers sitting out there that may not even know that they want to be buyers. <laughs> I guess well, it's <laughs> about germinating the idea. <laughs> That is so true, Joe. We've had two businesses we've sold recently have both been sold to people who weren't actively looking to buy a business at the time. Yeah. So if those businesses had been listed on a business for sale website, those buyers wouldn't have found them because they weren't looking. Mm. What we did was we created the uh, the opportunity, popped up in their Facebook feed when they were probably checking what the children or the grandchildren were doing one evening. <laughs> and uh, there was enough of a, of a story to create the intrigue for them to click on that um, Facebook advert in those cases and uh, click through to the website where we had some really good, powerful storytelling content that uh, sparked their interest to pursue the opportunity further. Fabulous. And, you you know, this is probably a good point then maybe for your you to tell us a little bit about, you know, one or two of those stories. It's really interesting, I guess, for us to hear in real life how this has played out. We've heard how it played out in your business. But maybe let's talk about um, one of the clients that you've worked with, you know, and, and their expectations beforehand and how it evolved after adopting this different approach. Yeah, I mean, I, I could give you an example of um, we recently sold a luxury pet boarding facility up in the Hunter Valley. So this is uh, where typically fairly affluent Sydney ciders take their pampered pooches for uh, for a vacation while they go away on holiday. So it's a, it's a fairly upmarket dog boarding facility. It's on a 10-acre block up in, up in the Hunter Valley. Mm-hmm. Uh, and our challenge was to take that to market and find somebody who you know, wanted to run that, that type of lifestyle business. So our approach was to build a website that told the whole story of this business, you know, its trading history, the customers they work for, the day-to-day life of the business, the opportunities for expansion, what they excelled at, what was their point of difference in the marketplace. So it was a really cleverly written, creative piece of writing that made this business, well, you know, it, it was an appealing business, but it sort of brought that to life on a website. Mm. And then we thought, okay, so who might be interested in this kind of kind of business? So clearly anybody that works in the in the dog industry. So we went to vets, we went to breeders, groomers, dog trainers, people who followed uh, dog owners. The beauty of Facebook is there's there's a whole raft of audience profiling that we can tap into as digital marketeers, and we mm. can you know we can we can highlight people by geographic location, by salary, by interest groups, by car they drive, by a whole host of things. So we brainstormed the kind of person that we thought might be interested in buying this business, put together some audience lists. Facebook then gives you the opportunity to also do replica lists. So it says, okay, if you built this list with all these people that, that like X, Y, and Z. We believe from buying habits, these people would also like those 
And this is fascinating, isn't it? I think people who haven't had a lot of exposure to digital marketing, you know, might be hearing this and saying, holy dooly, I had no idea Facebook is collecting all of this information. So it's, it's a little bit overwhelming initially, but once we get over that, that those thought processes, it's fascinating and certainly an opportunity if we think of it, about it in a way that we can really segment our message just to the people who are really the most open to the message or the opportunity that we're talking about. So true. And, and, and you make a good point there, Joe. I mean, Facebook, I know a lot of people's immediate perceptions of Facebook will be it's something that teenagers you know, communicate with each other. Well, it's not. Facebook is very definitely a paid advertising platform now. Mm. And there's years and years worth of incredible data that once you know how to mine it and use it, it puts incredible opportunities in the, in front of people who work in the marketing space. So it's enabled us to really tap into disrupting that sort of traditional business broking model, getting great results and quickly as well, because we can reach vast audiences very, very quickly and very cost effectively. Mm. And it's interesting that you say quick and cost effective, because as I hear you talking, I can almost hear um, some of our listeners sort of thinking, whoa, that sounds quite overwhelming. Building a whole website, uh, reaching all of these people, gosh, that must take a lot of time and money. But you're saying, in fact, it doesn't take a massive amount of time. It might actually help speed up the process. Is that your perspective on it? Well, certainly the results that we've been experiencing recently have been businesses selling from sort of start to finish with new owner on board and running the business in anywhere between four and six months. And wow. that is quick in, in, in business sales, which typically take a year and longer. Yeah. And it's all about, you know, finding the right buyer. They, they're already educated on what the business is about because they've absorbed all the content on the website. And if the owner's been properly prepared, which is something that you know we insist upon before we go to market, it just means that once you've got somebody on the hook, you can follow that whole process through and keep it moving really quickly. Mm. Well, it's fascinating. And it's a fascinating approach. And, um, and I think it's a really exciting idea for, as I said before, it's certainly really taking that concept of imagine who your buyer is and really target them to a whole new level. <laughs> But, you know, it really its such an exciting way to open up the market for people who are selling their business, who, who often, in my experience, many people who sell a business haven't spent a lot of time thinking about it before they come to the point of sale. They get to the point of sale and for some reason they want to do it quickly and they're suddenly, you know, suddenly faced with this difficulty of actually finding the market that is interested in their particular type of business. Coming up after the break, we continue our conversation with David Biddle of Brilliant Businesses. David will be providing some helpful tips for business owners who are looking to sell their business in the future. We also talk about the opportunities for brokers as well as sellers in terms of getting on top of digital opportunities in the sale of a business. And that's next. I'm Joanna Oki and you're listening to The Deal Room Podcast. Aspect Legal has a number of great services that help businesses prepare for a sale or acquisition to help them prepare in advance and to get transaction ready. 
We've also got a range of services to help guide businesses through the sale and acquisitions process. We work with clients both big and small and have different types of services depending on size and complexity. We provide a free consultation to discuss your proposed sale or acquisition. So see our show notes on how to book a time to speak with us or head over to our website at aspectlegal.com.au. If you're interested in hearing smart legal tips for business, the Deal Room sister podcast, Talking Law, is perfect for you. These two podcasts are now among the top legal podcasts in Australia. In our Talking Law podcast, I dissect a different topic each week that I have seen impact businesses and I then provide actionable tips for you to avoid that risk or to use that legal area to your advantage. We release new episodes every 10 days and you can listen to our episodes through www.talkinglaw.com.au or subscribe to our Talking Law podcast on iTunes to be the first to know when a new episode is out. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Earlier, we talked about David's personal experience of building and selling his business and how digital marketing helped him sell his business in record time for double the valuation that he was originally given. Let's keep the conversation going and discuss tips for our sellers out there and more importantly, for our business brokers who are struggling to find buyers for their clients. So because you have gone through this whole process yourself as a as a seller and, and now in assisting other sellers, maybe you could share with us some tips that you might have for sellers. What can sellers do in getting themselves ready and understanding the process, I guess? Okay. I mean, I think one thing as a seller, you've really got to make sure you're fully prepared. You've got to be prepared to go to market. And, and by that, I don't just mean you know financials, contracts, agreements, and things like that. But you need to also have your premises have got to present well. First impressions really do count. Ideally, you need to have a website that's driving leads and and giving a giving a prospective buyer confidence that here's a here's a sales funnel that's working that's bringing new business uh, into the company and also just to make sure there's a the, the business owners emotionally prepared it's quite a it's mm. quite a daunting daunting prospect going to market so they've yeah. got to have a, a clear expectation as to what's involved from them how long it's going to take to sell and i guess have a have a goal at the end of it you know they need to know what they're moving on to whether that be another business or retirement or travel or whatever it happens to be mm. um, i think sometimes people underestimate the uh, the self preparation that a business owner needs to go through mm, that's a really good point that's a great point and so preparation is really important and there's nothing worse than having a buyer. You know, you go to market, the uh, you get someone that expresses an interest and they start asking for information that you then can't provide because the accountant hasn't filed the tax returns or your, you know, superannuation returns aren't up to date. And as soon as there are things that you can't provide, that obviously starts to make a buyer a bit wary and nervous. So the, the better prepared you are up front, that'll pay dividends in the end. 
Absolutely. And I just have to reiterate that from a legal perspective as well. You know, when you, um, for people who are listening to this that don't know the full process, once you have found a buyer, usually they'll want to conduct some sort of due diligence on your business. So investigating the business. And, and if you don't have your financials and your legals in place, this can sometimes be an opportunity for a buyer to beat down the price. So being prepared not only helps you access a wider range of buyers, but also helps you preserve the value of the business in the sale environment as well. Correct. So that's a really good point. Yeah, I think it's always good to put put you you know try and put yourself in the buyer's shoes or have someone else come to you and say, okay, if I was a buyer, this is what I'd be be looking at. You know, I'd be noting that that wasn't up to standard, and I'd be picking holes in that and trying to drive the price down because of that. So it's it's good to have someone representing a buyer's perspective, and if there are issues, fix them before a buyer finds them. Because a good buyer with the right legal team behind them, they they will find any issues that need need finding. So it's far better that you find <laughs> far, far better that you find them and fix them. That's it. Absolutely, I completely agree with that one, David. <laughs> I'd also say, um, you know, a couple of other things. Uh, I know there's a temptation, and and clearly early in the podcast, I said that I did this myself, but there is a temptation to try and do the business broking process yourself. That actually takes quite a lot of effort. At the end of the day, you've got to keep the business running while you're going through the sale process. And unless you're you're in a position where you've got a team that can basically run the business without you 100% of the time, trying to negotiate with prospects and, and manage inquiries is very time consuming. So I strongly urge people to make sure they've got a, a team of professionals around them that are, together will give you the best chance of getting a deal over the line. And because it can sometimes take a little while to find a buyer, but when you're preparing your business for sale, I mean, your eye also really needs to be firmly on making sure that business stays solid, you know, and no issues occur before you found the buyer, you know, um, signed and transitioned the business over to them. So doing things that take your eye off the ball is probably a pretty risky step, I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah, and I think also the team who are probably a little sort of uncertain of what's going, what the future holds for them. Your 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 team by your team, your staff. I mean, you know, they want to see that you're still running the business at a hundred percent and making sure that they're supported and their jobs are safe and everything else. So great. I think it's uh, it's best that you focus on that and uh, let a team that you've pulled together focus on uh, on finding the buyer for you. Great. Okay. All right. Wonderful. So our tips for sellers really, uh, I. Guess just to rehash that is to be prepared both from the business perspective and from your own emotional perspective to understand the process and be educated, to put yourself in the buyer's shoes. And, and I think that that's something that you've really honed in on well today, David, about your approach of, you know, understanding the buyer and targeting that buyer. So first, you really need to put yourself in their shoes to understand what it is that they want out of purchasing your business and to get the right team in place. And and what about for brokers? David, do you have any suggestions or tips for brokers who are dealing perhaps with businesses that they're finding a little bit harder to move or to find a good competitive pool of buyers for? Yeah, I think at the, at the end of the day, and, and I'm obviously speaking from a marketing point of view here, it all comes down to marketing and, and storytelling. Everybody looks online 
for, for pretty much everything these days. So that's where your your potential purchasers are going to be. So you've got to think really carefully about how you're going to best present the business that you're taking to market to the right audience using online channels. And I've always felt there's been a bit of a a bit of an injustice for business owners who've worked really hard to build up a business. And unless they market it to reach its full potential um, when they come to sell, they're really sort of doing, cutting themselves a bit short. So I think it's really important that, that brokers and the broking industry as a whole raise the level of mark, business sale marketing um, and, and really ensure that you know we're, we're doing these businesses justice and we're getting the right outcomes for the uh, for the, for the sellers when they're going to market. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And any other tips you have there? Well, as I've sort of highlighted, I think, again, these days you have to be very proactive. The days of waiting for a buyer to find your listing um, are no longer going to cut it. You really need to go out there and make opportunities appear in front of the right right people. It does need to be a very proactive approach. And I think increasingly sellers need a trusted professional by their side to kind of hold their hand through this whole process. Yeah, the more, the more you can offer them to make it a hassle-free and easy experience so they can focus on continuing to run their business successfully and you can guide them through that process, offer advice, bring the right professionals in that they need to help. Any form of a, an end-to-end approach that makes their life easy is always going to be well-received. Mm. Yeah, so, so for them, I guess it's about the brokers having the right team beside them as well that they can use to support their, um, their clients. Yeah, um, uh, that's important. And, and it, again, it comes back to the preparation. Buyers want easy access to, to, to the information. So you need to get those professionals engaged early so that all that preparation work is done. The information is readily available. And when you do get a buyer on the hook, it, it makes your job as a broker easier if you know there's one place you can direct everyone to where all the information is, is stored in a central location. It just helps keep a deal on track. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, great. And any other last tips there, David? I'd say yeah, it's a great industry to be working in at the moment. You know, go out there and have some fun. There's some amazing businesses <laughs> out there. We've got we've got a whole heap of baby boomers fast heading to retirement, thinking about selling businesses over the next two to five years. Um, yeah, there's a lot. A lot of businesses that probably traditionally might have been passed down to, to family members, that seems to be dying out now. A lot of sort of entrepreneurial youngsters would prefer to start their own businesses rather than take over from mum and dad. So mm. um, there are a lot of businesses coming to the market. And as a seller, if you want to make your business stand out, you, you've got to be very professional about the way uh, we go about selling it. So. Mm. And I think, you know, it's an interesting comment for brokers and other advisors as well in this space. I, I think we're in a changing environment in this sales and acquisition space at the moment and will change as everything is changing at the moment. This is yet another industry where there's a lot of change on the horizon. And as you say, I think we'll see a lot of businesses coming on the market in the next sort of five to 10 years. And so I, I guess it's about brokers and other as advisors really thinking through what this means for them and how they can differentiate themselves uh, as well in, in this marketplace. And so uh, I guess just rehashing there, the, the things that we spoke about for brokers is you talked, David, about being proactive in finding buyers. So it's a really good point because um, it's not necessarily a ju- just about whacking up a business on, a, um, on an internet listing. It's about thinking about how you can proactively find the right 
buyers for your sellers. Thinking about online channels as another opportunity. Once again, not just whacking it up on a list, but thinking how else can we more innovatively find, use our online channels to um, find buyers for these businesses. And then crucially, having the right team of professionals around you that help you do your job better, um, help you find more buyers, help, help you go through the transaction process with, you know, with specialists who understand the area that um, they're working in. You know, many times I've heard comments about um, people who have, uh, brokers who've in the past seen lawyers or accountants or, or other people, advisors working in the sale environment that haven't had much exposure to it and, you know, creating issues with the sale process along the way. So I, I think it's really about having that right team of professionals um, around yeah. around you. And, and, and I'd also add, you know, it's, it's never too early to start thinking about selling your business. I mean, yeah. ideally, if you could start putting these plans in place two years out before going to market, the end result will be so much better. You'll have a you'll have a business that's firing on all levels. You'll have um, everything in place, fully prepared, and it'll just make the actual process of going to market earlier uh, uh, easier, as opposed to sort of waking up one day and thinking, oh, I'm going to put my business on the market <laughs> next week, which, you know, well, you laugh, but some people have to make that decision ill health for yeah, certain things right. mean mean sometimes they, they just don't have an, op- an opportunity to choose when they go to market. It's forced for them. So the more likely they are to be prepared, the better. And I think it's about preparing when you have the energy for it as well, because um, as we touched on before, there is an emotion, an element of emotion in the sale of a business. And sometimes when business owners get the idea of selling, they're, they're getting that idea because they're exhausted. They're at the end, you know, and the idea of spending a long time to prepare the business for sale just is too exhausting at that point, you know. So good, excellent. Thank you, David, um, Thank you, for Joe. your time. I, I think we've covered some really interesting topics here and and maybe some topics that um, people in the industry haven't really thought a lot about, some innovative approaches that, David, you are using right now in brilliant businesses. Um, and so if people want to find you, David, as you said, you work with both sellers and also brokers in helping them to um, get a good competitive market for for the sellers that they have on their books. And so how can people find you, David? Best thing is to go to our website, which is brilliantbusinesses.com.au. Uh, and then on there, there are various methods of emailing, completing forms or booking booking calls. Um, and yeah, I'd welcome the opportunity to speak with anybody who'd uh, like to partner up or, or sell their business. I think uh, we've got something that's pretty innovative to offer and uh, happy to share it. Absolutely. I think so too. And if you are listening to the podcast as you're driving along and don't have a pen to hand, don't worry, just um, come back to our show notes afterwards and you'll find a link through to David at Brilliant Businesses there. So you don't need to worry. If you're at the gym or running at the moment, you'll still have the opportunity to um, find how to contact David. Well, thanks, David, for coming along today. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you, Joe. Yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it. And um, yeah, look forward to speaking with you again soon. Great. 
Just as a quick recap, in this episode today, we talked about ways for sellers to get in front of a larger pool of buyers. We talked about innovative ways to market the business and create competitive tensions. And we talked about the concept of getting prepared in advance for a sale. We also talked about the opportunities for brokers as well as sellers in terms of getting on top of digital opportunities in the sale of a business. Now, if you'd like more information about this topic, head over to our website at thedealroompodcast.com, where you'll be able to download a transcript of this episode if you want to read it in more details. There, you will also find details of how to contact David Biddle from Brilliant Businesses. And you'll also find details of how to contact our lawyers at Aspect Legal if you or your clients would like to discuss any legal aspects of sales or acquisitions. We've got a number of great services that help businesses both prepare for a sale or acquisition and to get transaction ready, and a range of services to help guide businesses through the sales and acquisitions process. And finally, if you enjoyed what you heard today, please pop over to iTunes and leave us a review. Thanks again for listening in. You've been listening to Joanna Oki and the Deal Room Podcast. See you next time. Ladies and gentlemen. That will conclude this evening's entertainment. Thanks for listening to the Deal Room Podcast. To find out more about this episode and other episodes in the series, check out the show notes or head over to our website at thedealroompodcast.com.au.